Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So once again, a reading from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, why are you untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. When he looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said earlier, it never ceases to amaze me that the people who shouted loud hosannas and those same people who laid their cloaks on the ground, who cut leafy branches or palm branches and laid them before Jesus, would be part of the same crowd who only days later would cry out, crucify him, crucify him. When I ask myself this question of how could this have happened, the obvious thought I always come back to is that they never truly understood Jesus' teaching. They heard the nice parts, the parts about salvation and eternal life. And they witnessed miraculous acts. But when the aha moment hit, 
when they realized what was actually required to obtain those things, they became terrified. Jesus wasn't going to be for them the militaristic savior who would reestablish the status quo or that golden age that they longed to go back to. Jesus was a troublemaker. Jesus wasn't going to let the same oppressive systems run rampant. The me- mechanisms of the day that oppressed women, people from other countries, orphans, the poor, you name it. Jesus was riding into Jerusalem for those who were not loved by others. Jesus was riding into Jerusalem to say that things had to change no matter how uncomfortable it was for those who only knew power and privilege. And I would say that is part of what terrified the crowd. It's what terrifies us, isn't it? The thought of losing something that we become accustomed to, fear of changing things because that's the way it's always been done. But as people who come to worship, people who've heard the gospel readings of Jesus' ministry, we know what Jesus came to do to heal bodies, heal souls, to draw our attention to places we have long neglected. We know that. And if we know that, would we still be in the crowd? Would we be genuine members of the crowd who would spread our cloaks out for Jesus? Would we be people who authentically and with excitement go out and cut branches to lay them, to lay them before Jesus? As someone who didn't come for a few, but for all. I think people knew this. People knew this. People knew that Jesus, as he rode into Jerusalem, was bringing with him good news. Good news that certainly was life-giving, life-altering to the countless individuals throughout history who we have neglected or silenced or taken advantage of or pushed to the fringe, the fringes of our community. For those individuals then who stood in the crowd and shouted praise to Jesus, and for those now who find themselves in a similar situation, they certainly were welcoming Jesus with their whole hearts. 
The same is true that there are people who probably were not excited to see Jesus riding to Jerusalem that day. They were the power brokers. Back in that time, and probably still in some parts today, they were the good old boys who controlled everything. They were the people who didn't care about anyone else but themselves. I'm sure they weren't happy to see Jesus ride into Jerusalem. And when they saw the masses gathered around welcoming Jesus with shouts of excitement, exuberation, they realized they had to do something. Or else Jesus was going to strip them of their power, strip them of their ability to put down others instead of lifting them up as Jesus came to do. And so what do all desperate power brokers do when they're afraid? Well, they tap into that fear that may exist within the masses. Just as I said, there were people in that crowd who were authentically excited about Jesus coming into Jerusalem because Jesus cared about them. There were still all those many others who were probably easily swayed by those who were in power, who tapped into the fear of, hey, if you really listen to what Jesus is saying, you're going to lose out on something. You're going to have to give up something to help someone else. You don't want that to happen, do you? Part of me believes that's what so radically changed the crowd. From lifting up these shouts of Hosanna to crucify him. And the question for us today is where do we find ourselves in these two versions of the crowd who came to greet Jesus. Are we going to be like the ones who were authentically worshiping Jesus, excited? Perhaps there were people who were empathetic, compassionate, who actually also cared about them. Are we going to join them? Or are we going to tap into something else. That's not life-giving. That is not of the way of Jesus. Think about that. What does it look like for us to be part of the crowd that genuinely worshipped Jesus, that was genuinely cheering at Jesus' arrival. What would that look like for us? What does that look like for you in your life, in your spiritual exercises, your spiritual practices, in the way that you care about other people, care for yourself? What does that look like for you? Because as I said, 
we might not fall into the, any one of the marginalized groups who eagerly welcomed Jesus, but if we could take a moment to step into their place or enter their space empathetically, compassionately as disciples, we might become even more compassionate, even more empathetic, more loving, more passionate disciples. We might even become disciples who are willing to join Jesus in carrying a cross for the sake of self, selfless love, for the sake of sacrificial love. That, that's the hard part, that Jesus asks us to join in making a sacrifice for the well-being of our neighbors. That plea for personal and more corporate sacrifice. If we aren't willing to see people as our neighbors, as people who have the same worth of a, as us, that plea is going to seem pretty scary. For us, on this Palm Sunday, to envision what it would be like for us to authentically, wholeheartedly cheer Jesus coming into Jerusalem with shouts of Hosanna, takes an intentional act on our part. To take a little bit of a step back or to observe, listen. To truly hear and to know what Jesus was hoping for, for all of us in our lives together. And Jesus set this example for us. Jesus didn't ride into Jerusalem on a majestic horse or a horse-drawn carriage or chariot. Jesus rode on probably the most humble animal one could imagine. And unlike the other rulers who would have passed through the streets of Jerusalem, Jesus was not concerned with his power and status. And instead, Jesus challenged those who followed him, challenged us, to imagine what ways our lives together may be more enriching and a blessing to those around us. Modeling the outpouring of Christ's love will find that when we lift up those in our communities, our hearts as well will be lifted up. Jesus was a troublemaker. I like that phrasing. Jesus was a troublemaker because he was not like the messiahs, the saviors of other ancient cultures who conquered land, conquered people with a sword. 
Jesus wasn't interested in that. That wasn't a part of his vision for the kingdom of God. And Jesus, if we're being honest, wasn't interested in a kingdom, but a kingdom, a fellowship of human beings. And Jesus envisioned instead his rule to be one where restoration is brought about to create divinely inspired wholeness. Friends, on this Palm Sunday, our question should be this. We should ask ourselves, where we see ourselves in the passion story, starting with this Palm Sunday. And again, are we the people in the crowd who were excited to see Jesus come because we knew what true change Jesus was going to bring about? Or do we fall onto the side of the people who were easily swayed by fear where we or are we the people who are like the power brokers working behind the scenes who weren't excited to see Jesus? Because I think if we take a moment to honestly ask ourselves this question, we'll be able to identify the things that we must work on, not just within our own hearts, but within our work as disciples. That takes a lot of work, but it's certainly <laughs> worth doing. So let us go forth then, this holy week, holding one another in prayer as we praise our Lord. Hopefully realizing that our lives together when we gather with those who are in need of wholeness like ourselves, that we are on the path, on the right, heading in the right direction. That Christ envisioned his kingdom to be. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.